When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Mornings with Mark Duffield on SENWA. If you want to join in and have your say, the temperate bedshed text line is the place you can do it. And the number is 0487 736 736. He's a regular on the show every Wednesday, Scott Sattler from Sports Day, uh, a member of the SEN family, and he takes us through and brings us up to date with everything in the NRL. Scott, welcome. Hi, Duff. How are you? I'm, I'm good, mate, and, um, and hopefully you're well too. Um, what were your highlights out of last weekend's rounds of the uh, NRL? There's a massive round, um, some highlights and some lowlights. Uh, some of the lowlights, oh, I start with the negatives first, with some of the, the rulings for no tries across the weekend. Um, there's also hip drop, which is the latest fad in rugby league moment where players are being rubbed out for something that um, I've, many will say careless stuff probably comes back to tackling technique and having to change techniques but we're getting players rubbed out for for something that is so innocuous so um, then explain explain hip drop to us Scott for the for the uninitiated so to, to make it to make it easier to try and paint a picture um, you run at me, I tackle you, and for some reason, you know, I don't get my tackle technique right or I finish sort of around the side of your body, not in front of you, and, and to try and hold on, my body weight just naturally just falls down to the ground as part of gravity, and I fall on the back of the, the, the heels or the, or the ankles of, of a player while they're trying to run through the line, and because and of the body weight falls on the back of the, the player's you know, heels and ankles, it's causing ankle concerns, ankle injuries to players. Now, players don't intentionally do this. It's just you get beaten in a tackle, and it's it's unfortunately part of the game. And um, there are some ones you could some some actions that you could see that are, that are intentional, but uh, very far and few between. So, yeah, it's it's quite an innocuous thing that's happening in the game that we're rubbing people out for anyway up to two or three weeks, and I. I think we've got to have a really good, real good hard look at how we charge these players, Duff, and um, and whether they're classed in the serious category and you know, leave people out of games for three weeks through suspension, or we look at them from a case by case scenario. So, yeah, that's that's a couple of the lowlights from the weekend. And, um, well, the highlights were the way that South Sydney were able to um, put the cleaners through the Bulldogs. Uh, the way that the Canberra Raiders, who have had a disappointing year, were able to beat the Brisbane Broncos, who are undefeated. So we're no undefeated teams through six rounds now. Um, yeah, so... And the Melbourne Storm, who everyone keeps writing their eulogy and saying they're going to be finished because they lose so many great players, they come out and, and beat the Roosters, one of the competition favourites, quite comfortably. Yeah, but you're missing the big one, aren't you? The Panthers and the Sea Eagles. Come on, you've got to, you've got to be a bit cock a hoop about that. Oh, well, you know, the Panthers are just, they're just fine-tuning themselves. Melbourne, the Manly Ring of Seagulls, we don't know what we get with them. They're rocks or diamonds. And, uh, but this Panthers side, they're, um, they're, they're not as 
potent as what they were last year, but then they go and put on 44 points against the Seagulls. So they're in a pretty good position. I've got to say, Duff, another, another highlight of the weekend was the Dolphins, the new team in the competition who many, including myself, thought they would have really struggled this year. And, um, but they came out and beat the Cowboys, who, again, are one of the premiership favourites. So are we seeing the Wayne Bennett stamp here on the on the Dolphins? Is, is this what we're yeah. seeing? Just just a great yeah, coach? Definitely. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, definitely. It's exactly what it is. It's because he has this ability to make you believe and get more out of you as a player that you, that you probably haven't got in your past if you haven't come across him as a coach. It's not his coaching techniques and his physical attributes and what he has with his strategy for his teams. It's just... The ability for him to be able to look you in the eyes and make you believe, and it's a special art that only very few coaches have had the ability to do for not only you know, a short period of time, but for decades like he has through the 80s, 90s, and in the, the modern era now. He's got this uncanny knack of being able to bring together a group of players, and he has this siege mentality where it's every it's, it's one for all, and Together as a unit, we can do great things together if you play your role. And he, he's got this very basic, simple, uh, basic look at rugby league and how it should be played. And when you're a player, you go on the field when you're coached by Wayne Bennett, you have two or three really, really simple jobs that you've got to do. And if you do them well, well, statistics will tell you, you'll win more games than you'll lose. And so... And that's what they're doing really well at the moment. They're understaffed. They've lost a lot of key players, and they're really digging into their depths. And and Wayne Bennett, the the magician, he just continues to to find ways to win. Hey, let's get back to hip drop. It sounds suspiciously like something that's happening in AFL at the moment, where a lot of syndesmosis ankle injuries are being called uh, caused by the way players are tackling now. And, and I get the feeling in the AFL, and, and you tell me whether it's the same that applies in the NRL, but I get the feeling in the AFL is because players aren't allowed to slam tackle anymore and they're not allowed to sling tackle and they've got to protect the head. And if a player's head hits the ground in a tackle, they're in trouble. And so what they're doing is they're pulling the players down in an upright position and, and bodies are ending up on ankles and it's causing these really serious ankle injuries that put players out for half a season. Is... is is it a similar thing in the NRL? Is, do you think it's a, a consequence of players trying to protect the opponent's head? Uh, no, I don't think it is. I, I think in our situation, I think I think it's a player that gets beaten somehow in a, in a tackle and they're just doing everything they can to hold on for dear life because it's easy to say to a player, well, if you get beaten in a tackle, you've just got to let go. That's never going to happen in a competitive nature. You're going to, you're going to fight tooth and nail to try and grab hold of any part of the jersey. And while you're grabbing onto the jersey, your body weight just falls in behind. You become part of like roadkill and the body weight falls on the back of the ankles. And yeah, we saw one last year stuff with Pat Carrigan, the, the Broncos player. And it was a really, really dangerous play the way that he, the way that he, um, he made a play on Jackson Hastings, who was for the West Tigers. And Jackson Hastings missed a, a lot the rest of the season. I think they suspended him for about 12 weeks. So, um, uh, sorry, six weeks. And that was a real intentional act. But that was the one that's really stood out amongst all the others, which I find, like I said, a really innocuous. Um, I, I don't even say they're careless. I just think it's it's a player that, unfortunately, in the in the heat of the battle, is, is getting beaten in the tackle. 
and and gravity plays a full part and momentum plays a, a, a big role in the way that the, the tackler ends up. So I know, I know where you're coming from from an AFL point of view and it's it's similar in a way that the player's body ends up behind the, the attacking player and and the body weight falls. And it's it's, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's something that's a part of the game and I don't know how we eradicate it, but I know that eradicating it I know that getting people off the field for two or three weeks through suspension is not the right way. But what is the right the right um, suggestion or solution? I'm not quite sure at the moment. Phil Gould talked about chronic and toxic issues on awarding penalties on outcomes. Is this part of that, or is Phil still going on about um, head injuries and head contact? No, he's got. I mean, we heard that that audio from him last week on his show 100% Footy where he said he's been conducting a study with some of Australia's leading neuro, neuro uh, neurologists around head injuries and concussion and we are going too far, in, especially in rugby league, a rugby league-specific study. So, um, yeah, it's sort of like a watch this space with Gus because he does that very well, Gus. He, he, he leaves you hanging on, on every part of his word to see what the outcome is going to be and I'm 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 really interested to see how how this how this comes about and what this study shows because I'd like to think the NRL the governing body would be talking to Australia's leading neurologists as well so um, yeah it's, it's a watch this space and I think I think what the NRL have done is they've made some you know, the 11 day stand down now if you're a category um, you know category three um concussion, you've got to sit out for 11 days. And I think that may have been on the back of the AFL study, the quite comprehensive study. And I think the NRL have looked at that and got on the front foot and said, well, we need to make some, some pretty heavy stipulations now. Um, and then if we need to fine-tune as we go along, we do it. But we need to err on the side of caution. What's happening at the Dragons with Anthony Griffin? Well, we don't know. I mean, he's been asked to apply for his role. He comes off contract this year. If he wants to continue coaching the Dragons, he has to apply for his role. Uh, to me, that's I think that's humiliating for the club. Um, and I think uh, Anthony Griffin won't be at the Dragons next year because he's really his job application is if you make the semi-finals, you'd think that you've done haven't done a bad job. But uh, with Anthony Griffin, I don't like to use the phrase "dead man walking," but I will, and I hope I'm not correct because. I like Anthony Griffin. He's a tremendous man off the field. He's a very good coach, a very good development coach of very young players, bringing them into NRL. So um, I think to be to be told you've got to apply for your job, they're going to be looking for someone else. And I've got to say, the Dragons have a have a history of bringing people, getting people involved that have been ex-players, and I think that's sometimes not the best solution for the Dragons. I think they need to get someone from outside outside their, their confines and you know, not, not ex-players you know, coaches that have had experience of, with success and are willing to rattle the cage a little bit and, and make people feel uncomfortable Yeah, I think you're right, I think that applies across all sport, they bring new coaches bring new ideas, bring a different way of looking at it and, and clubs can become very cloistered and insular if they, uh, if they yeah. don't do that What's your highlight of the upcoming week? Scotty, what, what are you looking forward to most? Um well, I'm calling the Dolphins-South game tomorrow night at Suncom. I'm really looking forward to seeing South. I love watching South play live. Uh, we've got one of the 
the, the derbies, which is the Gold Coast Titans up against uh, the Brisbane Broncos. I think it's going to be a really good match as well. So, uh, yeah, there are a couple of ones to, to really look forward to this weekend. And you've got Magic Round coming up uh, in three weeks' time. We have got our first gather round in the AFL. What can we expect from uh, all games played in one city, do you think? Well, a lot of craziness. Because <laughs> it runs off Suncorp Stadium. It's, uh, it's an absolute bedlam. They close it off for three, three days. And it's honestly, it's like Vegas for three nights. It's, uh, it's crazy. <laughs> crazy scenes. The fans love it. Great fan interaction. Uh, very, very few, um, few fans that are asked to leave the, the stadium because it's such a, such a great atmosphere. And to be able to play it at one ground, I think that's what makes it special as well. You know, it's, a, it's a festival of rugby league over three or four days. And it's, always my, it's one of my favourite favorite days or favourite weekends on the rugby league calendar. Well, hopefully Gather Round in Adelaide goes as well. Of course, they're spreading it over a number of grounds, not just at Adelaide Oval, but... Uh, We'll, we'll watch that unfold with great interest. Scott, it's always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, all the best, and um, we'll uh, look forward to catching up again next week. Thanks, Duff. Scott Sattler, part of the SEN family with Sports Day and our NRL expert on Mornings with Mark Duffield on SENWA. We'll be back after the break.